There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. You know what it is, SB3 is here by my side and it's not a Wednesday. It's been put forward to a Tuesday and that would be because it's Christmas week and we won't be here Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So you've still got all your favourite co-hosts, but they've come forward today. SB3, how are things, my man? I am doing well. As you see, I'm in a festive spirit. So happy holidays to everyone out there. Merry Christmas. And we're going to have we have a good episode, a fun one coming up for everyone at home. I feel like uh, you and I are pushing the envelope of uh, of Christmas spirit whenever we're on screen together. <laughs> it, 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 we're in sync today. We, we have a certain synergy every time we're on screen together. Well, listen, everyone knows that I've brought some serious jumpers to the table in the past couple of weeks. But this one, SP3 bought for me for Christmas, right? You ready? Is everyone ready for the, the great reveal? I know you can see the bobble already, man. Uh, <laughs> it is a reindeer! Look how nice that is! I feel like uh, that movie where Jonah Hill was like really high on drugs and he's like, let me just stroke the fur. <laughs> get him, get him to the Greek. Yeah, yeah, scratch the furry wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just showed my, my girl that oh. the other day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me tell you. Fantastic. I, I have on a full body suit this week. That's right. Full I mean, body. This is what a... I do to get a pop out of my twins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a dub right there. I mean, you've got that's that's a real commitment. I can't argue with it. Uh if there's one thing you know you'll get with SP3 and I. It is Christmas love. Um, and let me tell you, next week when all four of us are on the show and SB3 and I are bringing our top, top, top tier jumpers, I've got one artist. I'm ready, man. I am ready. And uh, it is wrestling themed. I will, I will, I will let you know that much. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, as SB3 says, we do have a, a good show in store today. Of course, we're going to talk about what happened on Raw last night. Uh, you know, a bit of the fallout between that and TLC. But also, we're going to discuss, I'm not going to call it debate, <laughs> we're going to discuss who is the best of the four horsewomen. That is one of the most difficult eternal questions in wrestling. Um, but Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and of course, Charlotte Flair. 
uh, we're going to discuss who is the best and what, you know, what the pros, what the cons. And as SB3 was telling me, we were discussing this earlier, and that's why I don't want to say it's a debate. Because I was like, I don't want to commit, like, to any of them because all of them have really got strong points, right? Like, it's very hard to cut. I don't want to put any of the others down because they're all so amazing. Um, but we're going to try and cut through it anyway and come up with a winner. Uh, that will be later on in the show. Of course, we need to get your ultra chats in. We've got one to kick off with Matthew McCoskey, which we will get to in a moment. He's always first, that guy. Um, oh. Can't can't knock that. Uh, but you know what to do, guys. You see it at the bottom there. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. And then you guys can give us your hot takes, your opinions, whatever they are. And we will discuss them, talk about them, get them out there in the big wide world. Uh, oh, yeah. Why? That, everyone's making a good point here. You're not Louis Dangle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tried messaging you in the private chat. I was like, it says Louis Dangle for me. I was like, Louis, Louis got a nice tan. He's wearing a reindeer suit today, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he got great eyesight. He got everything, basically, overnight. True who he's in the house. Don't worry about it, guys. We're, we're back. We're back. Don't, don't rely on me to man a ship. Uh, also, you know, there's some news coming out uh, of WWE in recent days. Of course, we've seen uh, Kevin Green pass away as well, former WCW guy. Um, there's different people talking about different things in terms of Dana Brooke and her stop-start push coming on that. You know, uh, Peyton Royce as well. Like, a couple of different guys. Kayfabe, is it not? Who knows? Uh, there's a, a few different things going on of people talking about their spots in WWE. Uh, SB3, man, let's kick it off with an ultra chat, right? And then we'll pivot back. Yeah. We'll pivot back to Raw. Let's give him Matthew McCoskey his day in the sun. Uh, he says, hello, Alex and SB3. No bang brains today. Okay. I mean, our brains have been given a sexual break. That's that's good. Um, I'm asking about NBA since it's opening day. Draft a starting five, all-star team, two guards, two forwards. I know. I know how to draft a five. <laughs> He's breaking it down. Two guards, two forwards, and a big man. Mm. Um, could be a power forward at centre. Oh, you're trying to play small ball. Okay. And, well, the chat will, and the chat will decide who has the better team. And go Lakers. Uh, I don't know if Matt even knows this, but SV3 does. I am a Laker. Um, and so uh, we've got no issues with that. I assume we're talking about present day all star teams. Uh, I know I'm going to make this quick because I can imagine there's not a lot of people in the chat who actually care for this, but uh, I know our American friends probably do, and I do. Um, I'm going to work. Oh man, can I have LeBron at point? Yeah, you can. He's playing point guard the last two seasons. I'm having LeBron at point. I'd have Luca at the two, um, even though I like Spider. Janis uh, obviously at the three. Davis at the four. My God, that's good. And who would I have at the five? Man, I mean, Embiid is like. I'm tempted to have like Davis at the five. You know what I mean? And like open up, the, open it up a little bit. But oh man. We've we got SP3. Help me out here. I'm not, oh, I'm having, not... having said that, I, I'm, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to move um, Davis to the five, and I'm going to have uh, Kawhi at the four. You didn't leave much for me. Like, you picked like the, t- <laughs> the five best players in the league. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Luca. Yeah. No, no, no. You said Luca. So I'm going to pick uh, you, people different. I'm going to pick people different. 
Okay. I'm going to go with the Joker at center. Uh, I'm going to go my point since he's healthy now, Stephen Curry. Uh, My my two, even though he's out of weight, I'm uh, overweight. I'm going to say James Harden. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, At three, I'll go Jimmy Butler because man, he gave me he gave my Lakers fits in the finals. Yeah, and power forward. Hmm. Power forward. That's a difficult one. It is difficult. I mean, you got like Chris yeah. Stapps, you could put Paul George in there. Um, I, I can't go, Paul. That's my most hated player, Paul. Yeah, oh, <laughs> me, me too. Now. Don't worry about that. Um, uh, I would be that would be against everything I believe in to pick Paul George. Um, what, about, what about like, um, you know, like Cat at center, maybe, and then you can kind of, yeah. That's that's uh, actually a good one. I would go. I, I'll actually go with Ben Simmons at power forward, and I, I got yeah? I, he yes he. I think that he would be better suited at power forward. Plus, he would cause a lot of uh, mismatches due to his way to dribble. So I'll go with I'll go with Ben Simmons at the four. It's so weird in this day and age. Like if you're a if you're a guard that can't hit the three, and I think that's kind of what everyone says about Simmons. Like but, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like like I said, between. There's loads of players that I love. Like I think Trey Young is like I love watching Trey Young. The guy just is deadly. Um, man, there's a ton of great players in here. I love I love the NBA, but um, yeah, go Lakers is basically my, <laughs> my, my, my yeah. That's that's our residual message here. Uh, oh, Tempest is in here with the Raptors, the damn Canadian. Um, man, Kawhi got the chip and went. He said, "No, that's it for me." Um, Carl Lowry as well, man. Jesus. Uh, but Sia Cam and all that lot, they're still good. They still got it. They still exactly. got it. You'll be in the playoff race. Yeah, I was about to say, the Raptors are like that, isn't they? They're like a residual playoff team, basically. Um, yeah, it seems weird, though. Like, Do you remember the, the, the many years it was just DeRozan and Lowry? And, like, they just couldn't get past that. And then Kawhi comes in for one year and he's like, hey, man, let's just win, <laughs> let's just win a championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I'm off. Uh, anyway, enough NBA chat. Like, uh, I know you didn't come to the Wrestling Daily for that, as much as I do enjoy it. Um, let's do another ultra chat from Mike Jensen. You've been off, he's been getting consistent with these ultra chats, has old Michael. Uh, is it possible that the Miz cashed in a ham sandwich and Otis still has the contract since the lawsuit? was for the Money in the Bank briefcase, not specifically the contract. Mike, that would be a fun swerve if that was the case. Um, I don't think it is. But, you know, I, I, I think WWE were desperate to do anything to kind of get the... Just get it off Otis, basically, which is yeah. remarkable considering they put it on him in the first place. Like, WWE... Love to do that to themselves, don't they? Where they're like, put themselves in the corner and they go, hmm, what are we going to do now? Um, so, yeah, I would say no. Uh, and this is the whole thing. Like, So it's it's kind of in our title today. Let's jump onto it, SB3. The Miz um, was making a claim on Raw that he didn't really cash in because Morrison cashed in for him. Technically, Moyes believes he only he can cash in. Therefore, the cashing was not valid and thus he should regain the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, we don't know as of this moment if that is the direction or not, but it's interesting that Miz is kind of pursuing this line of thought 
Um, he's <laughs> he's he won his latest legal battle. He might win another. Um, what do you think the deal is here? I mean, I just want to say that Omos is the smartest man in the WWE. This man knew what uh, Riddle's rabbit's name was. He knew uh, that John Morrison cashed in Money in Bank and not The Miz. So he's the smartest man in the room, it seems like. But uh, The Miz has his ways of connecting with the USA uh, executives. And in a courtroom, he, he, he was the whole reason Mandy Rose is on Monday Night Raw. He was the whole reason he got the Money in the Bank briefcase. So it it is not out of the realm of possibility that The Miz can get back the Money in the Bank briefcase. Do I want him to? That's a totally different story. I do not. I am I am over money in the bank. It's a watch for this year. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot on social media. You know, it's cr- when you say certain things and you're like, that happened this year. Do you remember that one of the best storylines going into WrestleMania was Otis, Mandy, Dolph Ziggler, and Sonya Deville? Mm. And that seems like it was years ago. But... WWE wanted to get that briefcase off of Otis because they overthought it. They was like, you know, let's go with the hot hand. He's just coming off this uh, good storyline that we did at WrestleMania. So let's give him the money in the bank briefcase. But they never took it seriously. He was never involved in any main event angles. And then they put it on The Miz, who they have totally devalued and uh, a memory that feels like it was a decade ago was when The Miz was the hottest heel in the WWE in 2016, even 2017, when he went from SmackDown to even Raw, when he was on Raw with the Misteraj against like guys like Dean Ambrose and The Shield. He was still one of the top heels, and anything he did felt important. But I don't know if it was the Shane McMahon storyline and then turning him back heel from there. Yes, yes, you I, you thought I forgot that one too. And yeah. Putting John Morrison with him, they've totally devalued him to make him a comedy act where putting the Money in the Bank briefcase on him was like a slight upgrade, but it was like going from a two to a three, not really up to at like a five or an above average. So mm. is it, this Money in the Bank this year just feels like a lost cause. Yeah, it's a wash. That's you know, you said it yourself. It, it is a wash. Um, I feel like they made a mistake in the early going, and they did think that they thought, oh, yeah, Otis is hot right now, and then they didn't really use him, or they couldn't, in some instances, use him on SmackDown. Didn't really get any momentum. Probably had some buyers' regret um, early on with that decision. They then pivot to to the Miz, and again, if you believe Wrestle votes again, with no real direction of whether they were going to allow him to be the champion or not. They were still debating what to do with the cash-in as of last week. So, man, it's... I mean, The Miz, like, he's good at what he is. And I'm glad that he kind of had his moment in the sun at WrestleMania 27, 8, whatever his one it was, whichever one, whichever one it was. Um, I'm glad that he had that and he had his, he had his run. Am I... Gagging for him to have another. I mean, I wouldn't have minded it if when he was real hot in 2016-17, like I would have took that on SmackDown as a protagonist or whatever, and I would have took it when Daniel Bryan returns as well. If that was the setup you were going to do, I would have gone with it. Now, you know, with like Reigns and McIntyre and people like that, come on, like I just not for me. Um, I feel like don't overthink it again, WWE. I get it, like it's fine to do this story because it makes sense that someone like him would try and do this, right? Slimy, slimy mother man. But I, I, I just hope that they don't actually like full go through with it too much. You know, let's just leave that 
in the dust. All right. Um, speaking of of lawyers, Chris G says, I need Mrs. Lawyer in about two or three months. <laughs> of course, of course. With with his uh joints and jabronis, he always needs a good lawyer. Uh in yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna assume that hopefully it's just possession and not possession with you know intent to distribute. I don't know. Hey, Chris G. <laughs> I don't know how much you had on you, brother. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we love Chris G. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, yeah, so moving along, man. Let, let's talk about Raw. And I, I watched it this morning. So not actually live, but not long after. Like my kids woke me up about 5 a.m. and I was like, Okay, I'm just going to watch it. So, um, first thing I see, obviously, Charlotte Flair and Oscar. And then the tag teams come out. we got Nia, we got Shayna, we got Dana, and we got Mandy, which leads to a tag match with the champs at ringside. What I will say is, I thought Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke looked really good. Like, that, that was one of, like, well, not one of, it was their best outing. But even singularly, probably th- their best outings to date in the ring. I thought they looked very, very good. Um, and they didn't, you know, it wasn't any kind of job to Shayna and Nia. I'm glad that Shayna as well was the one that got the job done. So, I mean, it, to me, it was kind of a successful segment, but uh, how it's, I mean, really, they're going to, the story is, it's already being laid there with, I don't know if you see it, the way Charlotte looks at Oscar when she picks up both belts and stuff like that. Like, it's already kind of happening. I, that is the story, Oscar and Charlotte. But, you know, they're going to be defending the titles on SmackDown this week. They're clearly going to make the most of it while they're tag champions, which I'm all for because the tag belts seem to be wildly forgotten a lot of the time. I think, uh, obviously, like I said, the central part of the story is Charlotte and Oscar. So 
I want I, I hope that as many people can feel the rub as humanly possible in this space of time, SP3. Yeah, I'm totally with that. I know the, the story is about Charlotte and Asuka, but if it's going to help elevate the women's tag team division and the women's division overall, I'm all for it. Me, I did not enjoy that opening segment. I felt like a lot of the dialogue was awkward. Uh, the the I was okay with Charlotte, you know, saying that, you know, uh, Asuka is her friend, even though she didn't sound like a heel. I mean, didn't sound like a baby face at all. She said, mm. uh, if, if, if a friend asks me and there's something in it for me, I, I, am, I will always <laughs> come through as long as they ask. So I like the fact that it's still Charlotte Flair character that we've gotten used to, but yeah. it's definitely not a baby face. And then I just felt like once it, when it was Charlotte and Asuka, it was okay. And then the dialogue just was just all over the place and very awkward. Dana and Mandy with the with the bad joke talking about uh, Shane oh, and Nia different this week. It was just oh my god! I, and this was a theme on Monday Night Raw to be. I just I don't know if I was expecting something more because of the record low ratings, but it just seemed like overall, with the only exception being the Alexa and Randy Orton promo segment, every promo segment was some of the worst dialogue that I've heard on WWE television in quite some time. And the and the number one at that list, I will say ahead of time, was Riddle, because WWE have never been around anyone that smokes weed before, because that's not how they talk. No, that... <laughs> they, like, collective. Um, I, uh, yeah, the Riddle would... Do you know what? Riddle was that bad that Jeff Hardy was the anchor of that promo. <laughs> And Jeff Hardy is a terrible promo. So I, I like, well, traditionally he is anyway. I um, I can't argue with that. I think the last few weeks of Raw have been just, like, especially when it comes to the dialogue, right? The scripting and stuff and like, and the jokes. That's one thing WWE haven't nailed in a long, long time is jokes. Like they, I don't know who they've got right in there. I really don't. But the, the jokes are, dreadful especially like if there was a crowd there like this is this is still not good and they're piping in like the laughs and the cheers imagine the crickets if they were doing this live oh my word they like i'd imagine the crowd would go oh you know like (laughs) not even silence they'd be like oh Oh, come on on." i mean it it really isn't yeah you've hit the nail on the head i mean to be fair we will get to it but the randy and alexa segment for me was that was money right there. Um, I still don't know how the how the hell they change as quick as they do. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, all of my opening comments here were all about the match as opposed to the the build with um, the promos. But you're right, they're not good. And speaking of like the reactionary changes, the only one we've got at the moment is this Legends show in two weeks, really. And I don't know why WWE. I mean, I do know why because they operated. But WWE, that seems instead of actually addressing what's wrong, they go, no, you know, maybe they've gone. It's the end of the year. You know what we're going to do? Let's just wheel out some legends. And they haven't even really, you know, they've got Hulk and they've got Rick. Yeah, they've really wheeled out all of the legends. SP3, have they? Like, it's not, you know, you haven't got like Steve Austin in the house or anything like that. I, I just, I, I, that's not the answer, man. Like, am I going to watch it? Yeah, but <laughs> but you know it, I, that isn't the answer at all, and it's just disappointing. Like, like I, I was saying last week, this is another thing that's been misconstrued uh, on Twitter yesterday. I, you know, people 
just just like basically i get tagged in stuff sometimes that i'm not even aware of people are just talking about me like oh alex said this and i'm like okay um and it, it popped up yesterday and it was like oh he, he was wrong about the raw report you know where they, um where usa wanted more adult content and um i, was, I, I didn't reply because i just because this is another thing i've learned on twitter as well is that you go down so many rabbit holes where you try and talk to people that actually can't be spoken to um you know not everyone is like the good eggs here on the wrestling daily who actually can hold a dialogue um this person had already said he was wrong and i was like you haven't even seen the next raw yet like, <laughs> how could it possibly be wrong like you don't you how like just because Meltzer was like i i think he'd said on his message board that he doubted it or something and it was like but just purely on that they went worse well, wrong but what <laughs> you can't you can't possibly know that yet because you haven't seen it um you know, and then since then, a man was set on fire, which I personally think was always in the offing anyway. But still, um, the, the crux of the report is that that's what USA were hoping WWE do. It doesn't mean that's what's going to happen at all. At the end of the day, WWE don't have to take USA's word for it. I mean, if they're wise, they collaborate, right, with their network. But they don't have to, you know, it's like USA are going to go, do you know what? Ratings are in a slump. Let's make Tucker the champ. The WWE don't go... Oh, shit. better put the strap on Tucker then. Like That's not how it works. And that's basically what the report was saying, is that that's what USA's end were thinking could be a good fix for WWE. That doesn't mean it's going to happen at all. But they were unhappy about the rating, obviously, uh, which I think Dave actually said as well. So I stand by the report. That's the bottom line there. Anyway, so moving through Raw, um, you, you just... I want to. I'm, I'm just going to get the positives out of the way, and we're we're yeah. very we're very close to the end. But uh, I thought that MVP and Lashley and the Hardy Bros, awful promo. I thought the match was great. Yeah, I I enjoyed the match. I think that uh, Riddle and Hardy actually make a very interesting tag team. Like it just it just works, and you know you don't see too many times a tag team specialist like Jeff Hardy work with just anybody, but it just works with Riddle in the ring because their styles kind of fit each other. So I did enjoy that match. Like I said before, I, I really enjoyed the Alexa Bliss and uh, Randy Orton because if you're gonna say corny promos. You, and you're going to make corny jokes, at least laugh at it afterwards. At least give me a reaction. And that's why Alexa Bliss's performance was on the money, and it just worked. Oh, he, he's going to eat his favorite feud, barbecue. <laughs> it was just, it just works. And she just plays this Harley Quinn character so perfectly well. And Randy Orton's like the perfect foil for her. So that was that was an awesome segment. And I did enjoy the, the tag team matchup, uh, the action in the tag team matchup. Not necessarily the story, but the action in the in the main event with uh with Keith Lee, Sheamus, uh Drew McIntyre, AJ, Miz and Morrison, the the whole, you know, teams not getting along and then the dissension between Lee and Sheamus plus the action that was going on, that worked for me. So those were my biggest positives from Raw last night. Yeah. I I I mean I think that's right. You've just said it there like so basically that's what four things that i really liked about a three-hour show i don't think that's enough um i you know wwe obviously have to do better than that uh like I, when i was watching elias and Riker and then the 24 7 people get involved i'm thinking what like what i don't want to watch Riker squash someone either it yeah that's an entirely missable segment um 
you know, I, I thought Randy Orton and Alexa was great. Now, we might as well talk about that a little bit in detail because what is going to happen with The Fiend? Obviously, he's not dead, per se. Uh, Alexa was kind of there to let us know that. Um, but she did say he's going to come back kind of more evil than ever. Um, does that mean he's still The Fiend or is he like an evolved version? Um, it's very interesting to know that that isn't the end of it. And of course, like Randy thought it was the end of it. And I'm sure there are some people that wish it was, but I, I, I still feel, and I said this last week, that the end of this story has to be where Bray Wyatt is the victor. Like he has to get retribution. Uh, there should be like a jingle when I say that or something. Um, that he has to get that sort of satisfaction because I've said this every step of his rivalry with Randy Orton ever, he's been on the losing end. His house was burnt down. He lost his title at WrestleMania. He was burnt to death, to a cinder, gone, a flame. And what's happened to Randy? Nothing. Um, so yes, uh, to what to 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 elaborate on that, I don't think that he's, uh, you know, the fiend is done. And I do think that he will get his comeuppance on Randy. Um, but it's going to be interesting how they time it because the Rumble is coming up, of course, and Edge's return, I can't imagine, is that far away. Yeah, I mean, that I, I, I tweeted out after the match. I was like, you know, if this leads to the Firefly Funhouse with Orton and uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt, I'm all for it because I would love to see Orton in his old school uh, blue and yellow trunks. I would love to see references to him uh, taking a dump in a bag and uh, legacy and evolution parodies. That would be great for me, but yeah. it, it it takes away from what we've don't, already don't, known. Don't forget the handshakes. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know if everyone in the comments is aware of Randy Orton's handshakes, but give it a little Google. Trust me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dick shakes. Um, <laughs> Um, so I would love to see those type of references because they would be great, but we know that it's going to be Edge and Randy Orton, especially if Edge is healthy enough to be at WrestleMania. That match makes a whole lot of sense. So it, it doesn't leave that much room for them to have like a big return match. That's why I think they're going to rush the Fiend back. We're going to see a different version of the Fiend. Probably War Rumble would be like the perfect kind of big show for them to have their final matchup. But like you said, this is the most one-sided feud in the history of the WWE. This man burned down his house. He, he, he played with the ashes of his dead sister. He, he then took his title, uh, totally unfazed by his mind games of projecting worms and other disgusting things on the ring. He, he, he invaded his house of horrors and... and uh, beat him to the to the arena at that match <laughs> even though even though bray won he didn't even win the title back so he he did he really win did he ever get his win back not really and then he gets uh burned to a cinder and the crimes of randy orton in his wwe career are plentiful it's it's ridiculous how many crimes that he has gotten away with like braun Strowman, like you i think you guys said yesterday braun Strowman got suspended for hitting an official but Randy Orton is able to cut a promo after burning a man alive. And the fact that that promo didn't come until two and a half, two hours into the show, it, it just blew my mind. Like, I was like, I'm all for Charlotte Flair being a star. And I understand starting the show with her because of her return. But the last image of a pay-per-view 
was a man being burned alive. If there was ever a week for Randy Orton to kick off the show, this was the week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's literally committed like, I mean, probably like three or four crimes just in this feud alone, uh, let, let alone what he's done throughout his career. Um, but, you know, the thing that we've learned here, if if Bray Wyatt was a referee, maybe there'd be some ramifications or a WWE official. But apparently if you're a wrestler, murder is okay. Um that that is that is a plausible outcome in a feud. So You've seen multiple cases of attempted murder in twenty twenty. You had a great uh, tweet er, earlier today uh, documenting that. Well, I, I was writing a feature for Talksport. Um, you know, like I'm, we, we're basically like writing a lot of features to then have go out over Christmas because there's not many people work over Christmas. And one of them was like the five craziest things that happened in WWE this year. And I was like, Jesus! Like, yeah, you know, as, as I was doing my research, you know, I didn't even have to do much research. Just going back through it. Um, and then I remembered the tentacle monster in the garbage with Street Profits. <laughs> and the War Raiders, when they're literally in there, and there's just these flailing tentacles come out for no reason at all. Nope. Never to be seen again. Yeah. Just just the one night only tentacle monster, as, as you would. Um, can't even explain that. I mean, I, I'm not even going to try and explain it. I was about to, but I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Um, but I had stuff like, uh, yeah, Ray Mysterio's eye, obviously. Bray Wyatt getting set on fire. Bra- Braun Strowman drowning, um, only to reemerge. He, he tried to explain it on the following SmackDown. but um, And, uh, oh, Ray Mysterio and Alistair Black being thrown off a roof. Um, only onto another roof, apparently. But at the time, it was like... The the commentators were like, oh my god, like, do you know what I mean? They're like, oh my god, he's off the roof. Oh, anyway, AJ Styles is going for that. <laughs> they just pivoted back from a seventy foot drop to like, oh well, let's see AJ Styles get this, uh, you know, get this arm dragging over here. It was just a bit, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't get me wrong, I love the crazy shit that WWE does, but um, yeah, they uh, they really went for it this year, man. They, they, we saw a man buried alive. We saw a man burned alive. We saw men thrown off a thrown off of a roof and never to be seen again. Presumably dead. The Good Brothers, you know, or or the OC because I don't know the Good Brothers and the OC. They could be two totally different people. Who knows? Could but, be. Uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of outrageousness in uh, the WWE. So you know, for everything that we say about creative, they 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 were creative in 2020 we saw we saw new things in i mean at least there was that i mean by its very definition i guess it's creative <laughs> um <laughs> i mean is it ostensibly good I, yeah, that's another question man uh anyway guys the ultra chats have been coming in so let's get to them before we hit up our debate man there's a lot of ultra chats uh may the hot score how you doing man uh hey alex hey service provider free um uh, or maybe Louie, I can tell when you sent this in then. I missed last night's show, so just want to say that Owens versus Reigns absolutely ruled. SB3, that Christmas jumper is the best thing I've ever seen. My, I mean, what kind of life have you led, mate? <laughs> the best thing you've ever seen. My Lord. Um, it's great, though. Uh, and also, it's a, it's a onesie, right, SB3? Yes, yes. Right, there you have it. It's just, very just- comfortable. 
I, br- I bring clar- clarity on this show. Uh, Re-Raw, reactionary changes equals legends, right? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we touched on this a little bit earlier, mate, but you're very right to make the point because that seems to be what Vince McMahon thinks. Uh, I, I believe, I could be wrong, and I need to check the date. Didn't we already have a legend show this year? I believe or was it last year? I feel, like we, I feel like we had it early this year. I think like maybe in like January. I think that's maybe the thing for January to bring back the legends because there was, I think you're right, there was a show where Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan were on the same show. So And Austin. Austin yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that Vince, he has like a panic button mode. And his and his his go-to button to push on panic button mode is nostalgia. He always goes for nostalgia. That's the first the the second the third and the last button he always chooses when he is in a panic and is this very much surprising not really i think we talked about it with the whole wrestle votes of oh give me a list of uh competitors that are underutilized i'll rip this up just bring back rick flair and hulk hogan and you know what alicia fox and carlito they're legends too bring those guys back as well uh, although carlito is super cool um <laughs> what, what i will say is that's what i think of uh, the underutilized report that wrestle votes put out and i like wrestle votes normally but i i just think that's laughable that vincent man went hey guys uh <laughs> you know tell me who, who am i not using come on come on now um also we got another ultra chat. I mean, I just want to, before I move on, make sure that I got everything that Matty talked about. Owens and Reigns. Yeah, man, of course that ruled. Like I said about this yesterday, Owens put in maybe his best baby face performance today. It is not easy to outshine Roman Reigns right now. And that's exactly what Kevin Owens did for my money. SP three. What did you make of it, man? I thought that match was phenomenal. Uh, just a great performance from both guys. Roman Reigns' character work, his facial expressions, body language he just gets it he just knows what he has to do at the very right time uh jay uso i think had a great performance as well where you saw that he still is that resilient type of uh character where he came back from the knee injury all the only thing that's really changed for him is his attentions instead of going against his cousin he's trying to protect his cousin so they they made the the slight changes to his character but not too much to go against what he was before so i love that little touch of it there was a lot of nuance to it but like you said the mvp in my opinion of the entire tlc pay-per-view was Kevin Owens, that it was his best babyface performance in WWE history. As someone that's seen him before WWE and Ring of Honor and PWG, it might be the best babyface performance of his entire career. It was that good, and he just kept coming back, very valiant, and he was just on point in every way. I am super ready for Jimmy Uso to get back as well, yeah. and for that link up to happen. As I said, Jay Uso told me a couple of months ago, before Clash of Champions, I think it was, um, that He's meant to be around January, like meant to be making this return from his ACL problems. So, man, the Heel Usos is one of my favorite tag teams of the last decade. Like, they were killing it in 2016. Um, I can't wait to see them align with Roman Reigns. Once again, I think that'll take things up to yet another level. Let's get to another ultra chat here from Bacon Russia. Hey, man, an elite good egg right there. Hi, Alex and SB3. So my hot take is Miz gets his money in the bank back as Morrison cashed it in and he wins the WWE title. 
Also, did you see my ultra chat earlier on Raw Review about Wrestling Daily versus Four from Wrestle Talk in War War Games? Uh, <laughs> SB3, put it in my head. Hashtag SB3. Hashtag jam that jam. Man, uh, I think we're pretty formidable, SB3. I don't know if they want that smoke. I mean, we we have we have what I I called you on our TLC roundtable on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel the the head of the Mount Rushmore of wrestling media. You you are that to me. And then you got you got Louis who is who is connected to Google. He is the the youth the youth movement of wrestling <laughs> daily. You got you got you got hang Stephanie. On, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the best the best you could do for Louis was he's connected to Google. <laughs> He's connected to Google. He's a former he's a former Quizomania champion. In my opinion, he 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 took That's down true. some of the stiffest competition on that show when he won the championship. Yeah, so he, he's, he's very good. Very good. He breaks the news. He's got his exclusive. This man is doing his thing. Steph with the hot takes, and no one knows AEW and New Japan like Steph. And then me, I just watch way too much wrestling. So I think that our foursome will take down any any other foursome but and you know we, it's stiff competition when it comes to to the to the rest of the wrestle talk you know luke is a former multi-time quizzlemania champion uh ali davis is the boss so he could just push a button he's like vince he could panic button but but push and just get every answer correct and then uh pete pete is very knowledgeable himself so we would have some stiff competition but i think we are the undisputed era or the four horsemen of war games in quizzlemania I like it. Listen, I I fancy myself as as uh, uh, both showings I've had on Quizlemania have been strong showings, but not good enough, right? Um, the only person that I don't think I could take is, or or I would I would worry about is Tempest. Very much so. He is legit, extraordinarily knowledgeable. Like to to a to a to a a, a staggering degree. Um, Luke is good too, by the way. But um, other than that. Tempest, Tempest is fierce competition, but I, like I've said before, I am challenging him. I'm throwing down the gauntlet for Quizzlemania. We can be the Okada Omega of Quizzlemania, me versus Tempest. I would like to see it. I'm not going to lie. I would like to see it. What else have we got going on in the Ultra Chats? Uh, first of all, let's go back to Bacon Rasher and what he said in terms of the cash-in and becoming WWE champ. Uh, I hope you're wrong, Bacon Rasher. Please don't take that personally. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's feasible. But I do think that they are all aboard the Drew bus right now. I really do. I really feel like they're proper behind him. And this Seamus story that is rolling on, I, th I think WWE have already got their direction set on that one. The rudders have already begun to set in motion. Um, Scott Young has dropped an ultra chat. Hey, Scott. Uh, why, uh, why do you think people take reports as gospel? Like last week when Otis said that he wasn't sent to the PC, people called him a liar <laughs> because Melsa said otherwise. Uh, I'd rather believe someone who is actually in WWE than Dave. Well, I think that's a given. Um, it's, especially 
with like o- like Otis is I can't I, he there's no reason why he would lie. Like sometimes um, superstars may lead you elsewhere to protect something, right? Like they're trying to keep their character or there's plans afoot and they don't want to tell you everything. So they might lie to you, but um, Otis seemed to be extremely candid when he was talking to Ryan Satin um, in Meltzer's defense. I know he has said it, but so did PW insider. Like it's not just him on that one. Um, but it goes back to what I said earlier, like just because Dave says something or anyone for that matter, even I doesn't make it so like you have to look at the evidence and, and everything else that comes out, which is why my favorite method of journalism, as it were, is doing it in the interviews, getting it from the horse's mouth. Like, you know, like the, and I, I don't mean to keep plugging it, but the AJ Styles one I did last week, so much news came out of that. And it's from AJ. Like, you don't need me to kind of go, oh, I've heard or sources say, like, AJ is telling you. Like, what, what more can a journalist do than give it to you direct from the source? And there's a lot of vagueness in the wrestling world where it's like sources say, um, and, it always feels it always feels a little dirty to kind of to say that to 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 do those reports, but of course, for some things, there's no other way around it. But um, you know, you, you got to remember as well. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. When Dave said that Enzo and Cass were coming back to WWE, right? Dave isn't consciously lying. He's not like he hasn't gone. This would be a great report. Someone has obviously fed him that information and he's got to make the decision at that time whether he trusts where it comes from. He's not like he's never trying to lead people astray or just make stuff up for the sake of it. Um, obviously, that one turned out to be wrong. And then he acknowledged it fairly quickly. Like, And this is not me taking any shots at him at all. Um, I greatly respect what he's done uh, and opened many doors for guys like me. I'm just saying that's an example and he's a high profile guy. Uh but again, it goes back to the way people interpret it sometimes. And they're like, oh, you know, why did you make that up? Like Ryan Satin didn't make up that Sasha Banks and Bailey were crying on the floor at WrestleMania. Like, OK, it wasn't true. But, um, you know, he didn't just sit there and go, oh, somebody obviously told him that and he trusted the wrong person. That's the problem. Right. Like and that's what you have to make out. And I think Tempest is actually on the right lines here where he says, uh, is it because wrestlers and people in wrestling lie, whereas reporters like Dave can't make the decision to lie. He may be wrong, but he will likely say so afterwards. Um, that, that it's like Ryan Satin obviously said at the time, like, yeah, I was wrong. Um, and obviously he probably didn't understand the gravity of what he was saying either in terms of how it would affect the people that he was reporting on. And that's always a balancing act and a problem. Uh, and yeah, and that's why you have to kind of, everyone is capable of lying, unfortunately. And as a journalist's job, when you report something, you have to just, you know, again, you want more than one person. You want multiple sources. You want to attack the story from multiple angles. You have to think about all of that before clicks and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I can't even remember really what the main point I was making here. But <laughs> essentially, it's that, you know, people can get stuff wrong. Um, and I don't think, you know, going back to what this Ultra Chat says, where he says, you know, Meltzer said otherwise or whatever. Like, he, you know, I'm sure Meltzer believed what he was told. I don't think he's like trying to say anything bad about Otis or whatever. Um, so, you know, you're going to get that in wrestling sometimes is the bottom line. You're going to get conflicting stuff and um, you just have to go with who has the highest batting average. That's basically my my take on it. Um, luckily for me, like in the past week or so, the Charlotte stuff has 
come out and look nice. Like she's come back when I said she'd come back and other people said SummerSlam and stuff. So um, I'm doing okay until the next one. <laughs> I think there's always the next one that could be wrong. And that's the thing, you know, as the old plans change, brother. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that is my – for some reason, I really opened up on reporting there. But there you have it. Um, anyway, Mario Painsville Dan says, hi, guys. You are the best. There you go, SP3. Maybe I should just end the ultra chat there. There you that's go. It. That's <laughs> it. Um, what if Waylon Mercy, the father of the Eater of Worlds, returns on Raw's Legends Night and summons the dead fiend Bray Wyatt? Wow. Um, I. Do you know what? I, I, I've actually said this before, SP3. I'm surprised that Bray Wyatt's kind of lineage in the business isn't ever acknowledged. Like, and I know in FCW, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt were a tag. They weren't called that, yeah. but they so were. They, yeah. Um, but in the main roster, like they never even acknowledged that they're brothers. The commentary team have never even said like it, it, it staggers me that Bo Dallas sits on the sideline doing nothing. Like you, you can make an easy program for Bray Wyatt for a couple of months by like turning and recruiting his brother the same way Roman has done with Jey Uso, by the way. Um, don't know why they haven't ever done that, or they might not be interested. As in, Bo, I don't, I don't know. He surely he would be. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. SB three, and I'm talking about the Ultra Chat, not mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind Whalen Versi getting involved, uh, resurrecting the dead. But I, I definitely agree with you. I've been saying it for years that Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt should have had some type of connection or some type of story whether that was him joining the Wyatt family whether now he could join the Firefly Funhouse and play one of the 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 puppets come to life or something like that put a mask on him if you don't see anything in his face if if Vince is like treating him like Christian and he rather a blue dot over uh, Bo <laughs> Dallas's face then I you know do something with him don't just have him on the sideline he, you're paying him might as well use him in something and that seems like very something that is creative that he can get involved in so yeah i like it uh, it makes all the sense in the world to me um and we've got one from cm chris here good evening alex and sb3 reindeer um what is sb3's two fave belts of all time is a question from yesterday of course and a question for alex and sp3 what is the two weirdest belts ever in wrestling you know of uh hashtag elite good egg hashtag happy holidays um uh, man the weird belts is a question uh sp3 i'll let you give your two favorites first uh definitely number one is the iwgp heavyweight championship that is like the creme de la creme to me that just looks beautiful and it has for years um, that's, that's part of the reason why it was for me for a very long time, the most prestigious title in all of professional wrestling, because it just always looks, it always looks elegant and immaculate. So it's something that you really want to strive for. Uh, second, I think I would have to go with either the NXT, uh, UK championship that, that one is just, that's the WWE's best title in my second. opinion, or, um, the, not the 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 winged eagle the the one that austin had that yes. one yeah that the bold eagle i think it, they call it but mm -hmm. that one i just i just love and i also love stone cold's uh, uh smoky skull smoky skull uh, belt that was just one of my favorites as a kid weirdest looking belt 
Um, hmm. Weirdest. The twenty four seven title just looks weird to me. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it just looks very awkward and strange. Uh, outside of that one, man, there was the WCW Hardcore title that just uh, looked weird to me. A, a lot of people in the comments are saying about Jeff Hardy's TNA title. Oh man, yes, yes, that's a good shout. That's a, that's definitely a good shout because when he introduced that title, it was like. This would come from Jeff Hardy. <laughs> this looks like one of his art pieces at home. I always hated John Cena's spinner title. Always hated it. Um, I understand it, and I know it made both him and the company a shit ton of money, right? I, I just hated it. But that as your main title, uh, and I feel almost like like it's like a cornetism almost of mine coming on here. But for the for your main title. Oh man, it sucked. It sucked. I hated it. Um, especially when other guys won it and ca- Urgh, I hated that. Uh anyway. I like the we- Edge one. I like the rated R spinner title. That was just uh, if you're gonna keep the 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 that title, at least have your own symbol on it. That just made yeah. sense to me. Yeah. I mean, like speaking of personalized ones, like I wanted to like the Brahma Bull one, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the greatest. But, There's a reason he never really wore that <laughs> when he was champion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on to Elizabeth Stallion. Lizzie Stallion, hot in the game here she is. Uh, paying my hard-earned cash to say SB3 wins today's debate even before it started, solely based on his excellent reindeer outfit. El- Elizabeth, I will not argue with that. That is grounds for a victory if I've ever seen one. Uh, magnificent, she says. Also, happy Christmas, everyone. Oh, happy Christmas, Elizabeth Stallion. I don't know why I signed it off with a kiss, but you've got one now. Um, Carol Wands. Here she is, the big, the biggest heel in the game. Uh, good afternoon, Alex and SP3. SP3 is adorable today. He's a, you're, you're adorable every day, right, man? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to give me something else, but you just gave, you took it as a heartfelt. I, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, you know, beautiful Bobby Eaton, adorable SP3. That could be my <laughs> marker. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Locked in. Uh, sending a virtual hug because he looks so huggable. Uh, there you go. It's pretty free. Go on, shoot, shoot one back to her. Go on, man. Be a it's good guy. Virtual hug. Virtual uh, hug. I, Alex, I loved the AJ Styles interview. Thank you so much. Uh, it was fantastic. To all the elite good eggs, have a Merry Christmas and stay safe. Hugs from my family to yours. Yes, everyone, feel this virtual hug of mine coming from the home of the McCarthys right now. Uh, my my missus is she she's sending hugs. My kids are looking around in bed sending hugs. I can hear them right now. Um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get us demonetized because my kids don't know how to go to sleep. Um, but anyway, that is obviously primary. I'm I'm a big Chris as as you can tell. I'm a big Christmas guy. Um, as you are SP3, and um, we got kids and stuff. So I hope that you all feel the same cheer that we are feeling right now um someone is actually key <laughs> come on mod mother come on jenna like that, that's four yeah that's like you, you sound like a grass jenna come on now have, have my back here come on <laughs> mod uh, mother is like like the teacher like swear jar yeah yeah because <laughs> no, Vin, vinnie does the podcast and every time i'm like sorry man i might have dropped a little swear here today and he's like actually you dropped like three i'm like oh, oh, oh sorry man um they, they don't like it. Uh, 
<laughs> we did this last week as well. We've left ourselves like no time to debate an extremely expansive topic. Hey, um, at least we don't have Quizzlemania, so we can go a little bit over it this week. That's true. Yeah, if we want to. I mean, I've got well, I've got some Warzone to play, man. I don't know what you think you're doing, but uh, okay, no. Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some dick swinging to do with Cyberpunk, of course. That's fine. <laughs> Hey, dear. Oh, dick. Come on, dick don't count. No okay, way. Yeah, that's true, because no. then I would have to put money in the square jar, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my character, man, it just swings. Just swings as I walks. Like, it's, it's like a trunk. Anyway, um, so we were talking about, and I want you guys to get involved in the comments, and I will bring up the best comments. We're talking about the four horsewomen. Uh, and obviously, that means Sasha Banks. That means Bailey. It means Becky Lynch. It means Charlotte Flair. Who is, and I believe this was SB3 who brought this to the table, who is the best right now, which is an extremely expansive topic. Extremely expansive. Because you can make arguments about Becky Lynch's charisma and superstar aura. Like, she's frankly untouchable. The the other three of them, Sasha Banks is probably the closest mainstream-wise now, but Becky Lynch is in another world compared to the other four. In ring work, it's a different conversation. Many would have Becky Lynch maybe fourth on that list, right? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot to discuss. Um, I said this to you, SP3, earlier. I feel like a lot of people would have Bailey as fourth on their list, which is actually a tragedy when you look at how talented she is across the board. And and I think I, I told you in response that if, if this was two or three months ago, I would say Bailey is the best because mm. she's so well-rounded. She does everything well. And I think that something that, you know, Charlotte and Becky Lynch don't do as well as both Bailey and Sasha is they, they haven't been able to really hit that peak at both alignments, which is as a baby face and as a heel. Becky is really great as a baby face, but hasn't really worked that much as a heel. And then Charlotte, always as a heel no matter if she's a baby face or not it just seems that she always comes off as a heel but bailey and sasha have both seen themselves really hit that apex as a baby face and a heel bailey's great in the ring bailey has the marketability. ability she's proven herself to be a ratings draw on smackdown so she is definitely well-rounded right now and i said this to you as well and i'll put it out there my opinion on this probably changes by the day. Like I said, a couple of months ago, I would have said Bailey. A year ago, I would have said Becky. And anytime in the past uh, six, seven months, I would have said Charlotte. But right now, it's Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is the best because I feel like she gets A marks in the most categories out of all the four horse movements when it comes to her star power and, and mainstream appeal, being on The Mandalorian was something huge for her status as a WWE superstar and just proving herself to be a rating a ratings draw when it comes to SmackDown. The highest rated segment on SmackDown this year was her versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's a, she's a draw when it comes to merchandise. She's usually in the top five to 10 in merchandise sales, yeah? And uh, she had the highest NXT rating this year as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the Io Shirai match. Yes, I had a great American match. She, she beat the demo god himself, Chris Jericho, head to head. So that just tells you that she, 
is a, is that type of uh, draw when it comes to that that part of it. When it comes to the in ring, I feel like no one is better. I think the only one that competes with her is Charlotte. But just uh, Sasha Banks's best matches, I think, hit another level and are kind of like game changers more than Charlotte Flair. I would think I would say Charlotte Flair's best match is her and Becky in the last woman standing match, while Sasha is the two matches with Bailey, whether it's this year's Hell in a Cell or Takeover Brooklyn. And that Takeover Brooklyn one, in my opinion, is the most is the most impactful women's matchup. You I don't I don't know if you could say it's the the best. It's up to your opinion. But when it comes to impact on the industry and how the WWE looked at their women's division, no no bout is more impactful than Bailey versus Sasha from Takeover Brooklyn. I was in the building for that and to see people cry, not only just regular people, but Seth Rollins in the front row crying mm. tears watching a matchup, that's how much of an impact this match was. And when it comes to just just everything, just her the it factor, she she has it. Her promo skills are on point. She's been able for a long time. I thought she wasn't able to really transition her promos to from being a heel to being a babyface. It's kind of the issue that I have with Charlotte, where she comes off like a heel even when she's a babyface. Now Sasha has kind of got that too, where she's confident enough that it fits with the boss character, but she's still a babyface and she still has some appeal to her and makes some likability as a babyface. She plays both sides of the alignment very well. She's been able to help the performer she's in the ring with when it comes to Bailey, when it comes to Alexa Bliss. Some of her best matches was against Sasha. And those two women hated each other apparently at the time. So even people that she doesn't go get along with backstage, she's able to elevate them. The latest example of that was Carmella on Sunday at TLC. So right now, in my opinion, the best horsewoman is Sasha Banks. Yeah, I mean, there's again, there's so much to unpack. I mean, you said about, by the way, Alexa. I mean, Alexa had great matches with Becky Lynch. They pretty much <laughs> launched launched the SmackDown um, side of things. You know, uh, also you didn't mention with Sasha, she had a great album with Ronda Rousey, which wasn't always yeah. easy. You know, Ronda Rousey had, you know, she had a great year, right? But I mean, a lot of her matches were designed for her. Whereas, I mean, they had a great match, uh, which is a difference. Um, I mean, I see a lot of people in the. Yeah, I, to me, it's it's impossible to say. And obviously, I think at different times when different people are in the ascendancy and they're in their moments, then it's different people. Like early this year, I definitely would have said Bailey. Um, uh, to me, I maybe didn't even realise she was as good as she is in the ring as I as I saw this year in her exchanges with like Oscar and Kyrie Sane and things like that. And I know that they're in there with great workers, but Bailey was. But, you know, she no matter who she was in the ring with and there was like pay-per-views in a row where it was just to get to where we eventually got to. And they just gave her, you know, fed her challenges. She made all of them really good matches. All of them. Uh, she, she had a great, great year. Uh, I, I would say she's had a better year than Sasha Banks. I know Sasha Banks is where she is now, um, but I would mm, I would make that argument, I think. Uh, I would. So, you know, to me, it's a two horse race if we're doing this year because the other two have just missed too much. Um, yeah. I, and even if they hadn't, I very much doubt they could reach the levels. You know, Charlotte was there for the first half of the Becky, Sasha, uh, Sasha Bailey story. Um, I just think that the work they did together was just immense. Uh, I, I don't think it can be, can be touched. Uh, if there is a best, then who is the worst Alex Baker? Fashion? I haven't said who's the, Best or worst? I'm saying that they're all they're all very good. I feel like you're taking this too personally, Bacon Rasha. Um, it's it's very much 
This is what I'm saying. Like I've seen at different times as well where Charlotte has just been on a tear and putting on great yeah. match after great match. You know, um, and and the same with you know Becky. I feel like a lot of people point to her superstar status rather than the matches, but she has had great matches. We talked about this earlier yeah. with Alexa Bliss. Uh, you know the whole disjointed elbow and all that. Um, the the Royal Rumble match with Oscar was great. Um, the last woman standing with Charlotte was a match of the year contender at that point. Um, I don't think you can just say, you know, whatever. All four of them, to me, when it comes to, when it's all said and done, you could make the argument now that they are already the best four women in the history of WWE. You could seriously make that that argument. Um, and I mean that and basically all aspects. It's It's remarkable that they are like a collective of women who've come through at the same time and have elevated the game the way they have. It Honestly, it's staggering when I actually sit back and think about it, that they've all come through the Performance Centre at the same time and they kind of come together and all their all of their best work is together as well, which is incredible. You know, we still haven't really seen Bailey and Becky. I don't think we've actually... We, we have never really had that. Um, you've got them for... Uh, and again, like, yeah, I think a lot of people call Oscar like the fifth horsewoman sometimes because she's so close to it. Um, but I, I still think that the four horsewomen for the impact that they've done and their matches and their legacy, like I've seen the Tempest in the chat say that Oscar would be higher. Uh, not for me, not for her impact on WWE. You can make yeah. the case, you can make the case that she's better. Sure. But in no way has she made a bigger impact on WWE than the four horsewomen, not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I'm I'm one of the biggest Oscars fans. Like I knew of her work yeah, from Kana, and I, I've seen her in the ring with the the meanest Japanese grandfather in the game, Minoru Suzuki, and take the hits from Minoru Suzuki. So my respect for for Asuka is immense so i will never take anything away from her but she just hasn't had that type of impact on the wwe as these four women and a lot of that is down to not being allowed to i mean she had the long uh winning streak but a lot of that was on nxt and just it just hasn't really she she had a great impact on nxt i would argue if we were just talking about their impact on nxt yeah asuka would probably be ahead of a couple of the, the ladies in the four horsewomen but you have to look at the overall did, did, did she have a match like do you know what i mean though like i mean she had a great run there an entertaining run but you you said it yourself anything as impactful as that night from bailey and sasha banks like you have well, to kind of yeah. You have to kind of weigh it all up. Like, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big Oscar fan. But, um, yeah, I mean, in the ring, I, I, again, she is incredible. I'm still devastated that Kyrie Sane is no longer um, performing alongside her or in WWE full stop. But um, I, I just think when the Four Horsewomen and what they have done, and, yeah, you know, people will argue that they've been put into the spots and stuff and, yeah, particularly Charlotte, right? Like they've been given a lot more opportunities than other women and therefore have excelled. But uh, I I still think that if you look at their impact on WWE right now, that they are, and, and that is basically how you measure who is the greatest of all time in WWE, right? Like um, then you have to look no further than the four horsewomen. And that doesn't mean, you know, I still think Oscar is one of the best performers in the world of her generation, probably will go down as one of ever. Um 
But yeah, I, I don't know. I have to hope that this run with Charlotte is going to result in something special for Oscar. I would love that to be the case. And I also think uh, one of Charlotte's best matches ever. And I know people kind of hate the result, but it is with Oscar at WrestleMania 34. Like, I was there. It was incredible. And that's the bottom line. Yes, the four horsewomen get chances. But when have they like when do they not knock it out of the park? That's always my argument for Charlotte as well. Like nine to nine percent of the time on pay-per-view, she kills it. And that's just that's the bottom line. Like, and that's why you put those people in the game. Like any other sport, you're gonna put your big hitters, your big players in the big spots. Um, but yeah, I I I take the point that there are many talented women around the world, but I just think as far as the four horsewomen go and what they've done in uh on the main roster and so the, the matches that have really if you if you talk about again, this will have to be something we do another time but like the top five ten women's matches in wwe history how many do you think would feature at least one of or two of the horsewomen i think pretty much all of them <laughs> it would especially if you throw oscar in as the fifth horsewoman i think oh, it makes probably, yeah yeah the top, <laughs> the top 10 would probably be all them because like I said, uh, Bailey, Bailey and Sasha will always be number one for me. Like I love their match at Hell in a Cell, but I, I, I kept telling people I was like, it's, it, it's not that. It, it was, it was, it was very great. It was one of the WWE matches of the year. But just the impact of that, of that Bailey versus Sasha on the people in the building, on what it did for the industry afterwards, and the the respect level of women's competitors after that match, I just don't think anything will ever be that close. I think the only match that really comes close to it was the last woman standing match between uh, Becky and Charlotte because of that being on the all women's pay per view evolution because yeah. of what it did for Becky, and that I think that you know Becky's surge was already in the process, but that kind of solidified her as the top female star and really bolstered her star power when she beat charlotte in that match so that's the only one that kind of comes close for me but everything else is kind of going to be second third fourth place yeah uh tempest says probably nine out of ten matches if you're counting the main roster lita and trish on raw is still very great and it is yeah. uh i still feel lita's neck to this day uh <laughs> that suicide dive was brutal um but it was a great match and a great moment. I don't know what says. I don't think this counts as a debate. It doesn't really. Um, but we have found debates within the discussion, right? So there is, it's debate-ish. That's the best. That's the best I've got for you on that one. Um, Chris G with a hot take. Oscar gets her win back at Mania. That's what I'm hoping for. That's why I hope this all leads. Charlotte turn on Oscar. And down the road, Oscar finally gets the big win back. It's about time. And I'm a huge proponent of Charlotte Flair, but it's about time that there was some real payoff for some other people because it feels like there's half payoffs here and there. You know, people do forget, like, you know, she gave Bailey her reign that lasted like forever, right? Like Charlotte was yeah. the one who took to her and stuff like that. I just, I would like it to be a real story where Charlotte wasn't like the end victor or let like, someone really came out on top and moved forward because it doesn't ever really feel like that happens. And I'm not blaming Charlotte for that. Um, but it would be cool if Oscar, it would be very cool if Oscar got that moment. So I don't think, I think we can both agree that maybe right now, Sasha Banks is, is enjoying the sun. And yeah. she's, she's in that moment. It was Bailey earlier this year. You know, when Becky comes back, it's going to be red hot. But I hope that whatever work Charlotte does with Oscar, you know, whatever they do for this first part 
the first quarter of 2021, I hope that's just going to set the roar on fire because it could do. It really, really could do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically what we're thinking about today. Um, <laughs> Uptown Havendale. Tomorrow's debate is Uptown Havendale and I debating what constitutes a debate. Check that out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a long one. Uh, I don't. Do we have any old chats? Let me check the. Let me. Oh, we do. Oh, Matty the Hot Scott has snuck in at the last yeah. second. Just a quick ultra chat to say Merry Christmas, SP3, Alex, and comments. I, I assume he's given Merry Christmas to all of you guys. Uh, hope you have a good day on Friday. No impression this week, but there will be a good one on the four person show. I'll drop a hint next week. But a great show, guys. Thank you, Matty. We appreciate you and your impressions. Uh, I'm just going to start doing random ones, SP3 in the shower, you know. Like Drew, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. I, d- I do a good Paul Han- uh, Paul Barra. Oh yes! So, so loud! I was so loud in my headphones. Um, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I didn't I didn't anticipate the high pitch, even though you said Paul Barra. Like, oh Jesus! Um, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for joining us here on Wrestling Daily. Sorry, we've overrun a little bit. We hope you've enjoyed it, and I will be back tomorrow with stephanie chase and then of course we're off the rest of the week but then we're back with the same sort of schedule next week and it will be uh leading up to the year ender the awards where everyone else can give their opinions now there will be some debates uptown avondale and uh, we will be uh, in our christmas jumpers all four wrestling daily hosts on I'll, one show blazer as well for the for the year and awards and i just want to say merry christmas to you alex merry christmas to everyone watching really appreciate being a part of wrestling daily you can also check out the true hill heat youtube channel we're almost at 1k and that's my only christmas wish so everybody watching go over there and subscribe well thank you so much guys for joining us i echo everything sp3 said i hope you all have an amazing christmas and i know that i will see a lot of you tomorrow for Steph Chase and I will reverberate those thoughts around once again. We really do appreciate all of you here on Wrestling Daily. I certainly do. Um, Not that SP3 doesn't. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us once again and we will see you tomorrow. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.